Okay, Greg, I need to know. You're a former musician. You you uh, know people in the music industry. You have friends that are on a radio. Heck, you have a friend that owns a record label. Uh, he was who guessing. I will be seeing on Wednesday. You will be seeing on Wednesday. I will be seeing yeah. probably both my friend in radio yeah. and her husband who owns the record label because we are going to see. Yeah, Kel and I hate yeah. to say that. Yeah, are going to see the Interrupters do an acoustic set on the top of the Dine Alone Records. All right. Um, and I'm trying to remember. He was the the owner of the record label was guest number I think five or six, like really early on. Because you know we talked to our friends first and got trying to remember which which episode he was. Regardless, that's not what this is about. I want to know your thoughts, Greg, on uh, AI and music specifically. Um, the AI Oasis band, the AI Drake, AI Weekend. Um, what are your thoughts on on this? Good, bad, indifferent, who cares? Get off my lawn. What are your thoughts on all of this? <laughs> uh, this isn't going to be good for the pre-show. You have no thoughts. I have. I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about. Holy shit. Welcome to the, and that's the pre-show. <laughs> As Ed okay. Sock would say, this is a music, music podcast. podcast. <laughs> okay, so there is. Uh, you fr- so I'm probably going to be happy that I have no idea what you're talking about. So go ahead. So AI stands for artificial intelligence. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no problem. I'm I'm here to educate the listeners. And so, um, I mean, we spoke about this um, not too long ago, but at least uh, about Oasis that there was this whole Oasis album that was made um using ai but most recently um there's a song if i just do a quick search for drake the weekend ai song uh, uh hard yes. on my sleeve was the name of the song yes i do know uh, now. use drake the weekend artificial intelligence talk technology to create this song um uh some dj put it together put it up on Spotify and it was like the hottest song for a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, if they can bring Drake and the weekend back together. Were they ever together? I don't know. I thought there's a whole thing between the two of them. Yeah. Kind of podcast is this show. It's. There's uh, a, a a really, really good uh, episode by uh, a podcast that's obviously not ours. Um, because it's a really good episode. Because it's a really good episode. Okay. Um, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone uh, podcast. And I'm going to get you the name of the episode. So it's a Rolling Stone Music Now podcast. And the episode was released today. It's called AI in the Weird Future of Music. And um, it has Grimes' manager as a guest on. And Brian Hyatt, who's the host of the podcast, uh, and him have, have a chat about really AI in music. And... Uh, you know they don't talk about is it good is it bad well you know the questions come out like like that like pick a side but really you know there's a lot of um it, it's neither or it's, it's a tool as I, as I think what uh what the dis- discussion came down to and you know how do you use it uh you know there's a lot of people that are excited about it there's a lot of people that are uh, upset about it there's people that are felt duped um but yeah it's it's a very interesting and insightful conversation uh go check it out rolling stone music now uh the episode is called ai and the weird future of music or uh you can just listen to this uh front part of the podcast 
both of them will tell you the, the same thing. One more intelligently than the other. I can probably guess which one is more intelligently presented. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think that you know, I think it's obviously it's, it's also going to come down to what we talked with um, when we had Robin Stewart on, um, and we were talking about the legality of it and who owns the property and yeah, you know, and then and then you get into you know, in that case of the weekend and and uh, and Drake, you know, it's. Like you, you can't use somebody's likeness, you can't use their visual likeness for an advertisement unless, you know, unless you've hired them or, or engaged them in some way. Yeah. Um. So how could you use their voice? True. Uh, in a song that they're not in. Yeah. And that's the pre-show. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts with Greg Handy. Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. So we're going to put this up at the front. Okay. Just introduce yourself, your name, the name of your band. Mm-hmm. And after you introduce yourself, just say the name of the show. Welcome to the music. Welcome to the music. Yeah. Do I say, and welcome to the music? Or do Where I do say... I? We're going to leave it all up to you. Okay. Yeah. People get creative. And, 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 right, no I'm just putting okay. it out there. If you want to scream the intro... <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not, what... not going to scream it. I'm not going to scream it. My mom's it, right here. She doesn't mic... really like when I scream too much. <laughs> That's cool. She thinks it's nice when I sing, not when I scream. <laughs> okay, so um, here we go. What's up, guys? This is Ev Gallows from the band Judgment, and you're listening to Welcome to the Music. good unless you're gonna start screaming at us <laughs> no i think uh i'll save the screaming <laughs> for today okay so let, let's let's start off there ev i i watched your latest video by the way uh i, I um for the unreleased track the unreal well by the time greg gets around to releasing this episode i knew this was yeah. gone it'll be it'll gone. be released Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, that one's called Faceless. Faceless. What yeah. a what a song. What energy. Thank you, man. In in that song. Um But let me the reason I want to ask you this question is I was looking at you and I was hearing your voice and I go, I can't see the screams coming out of this this wholesome looking boy here <laughs> from, from Oshawa. Greg yeah. and I earlier were talking about AI right in in music and mm-hmm. um you know there's there was that drake and the weekend song that came out a couple of weeks ago of course right. ev knows it greg i had to fill in what ai was um he he didn't know what's going on um what are your th- what are your thoughts on on ai in 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 music and i know there's technology in music but using ai to create voices and to create sounds that sound that on purpose sound like another band right. or another musician or singer. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think that, uh, you know, it kind of takes the creativity out of, out of the minds of people. And now they can basically make us, they can have a computer make a song for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for like, the AI sounding like current people. I think it's cool. Like you first hear it and you're like, wow, this is like pretty insane that a computer can basically emulate a different person's voice and sound like pretty bang on, you know? Yeah. The Mm -hmm. only thing with it is I think that it will, 
at, at, at some point, maybe it's too early right now, but I think that it's going to cause like an issue with, um, with history. Oh, and what I mean by that is computers are now so advanced that they can take a video of somebody and make their mouth move. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. and make it look like they're saying something. And now they can basically speak into a microphone and sound like that person. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what happens in the future. Cause I feel like, you know, that could be an issue. Yeah. Um, people just faking that, you know, this person said this, look, here's this video of the, the person saying it. Meanwhile, it's completely deep faked, you know? Yeah. 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 That's what we, we talked about that a bit at the, in the pre-show from the perspective of there's, and we've talked about this a few times on the podcast over the last couple of months. There's the issue of, there's a legal issue in terms of intellectual property. Right. And then to your point, there's the issue of, you know, again, producing that quote unquote Drake and weekend song without right. Drake in the weekend endorsing it or being a part of it or being paid yeah. for it or whatever. Right. Like right. it just, it just turns it on its head. Well, absolutely. Like if you were to do that as a person um, and say, Hey, I'm Drake. And mm. this is the, like, you would get sued into the stone age, you know? Yeah. Um, and these basically like people are taking, using these AIs, creating these songs, putting them on Spotify they're making money from that music. So I don't know, like it's, it's pretty interesting. Nothing's really like been talked about. I don't think I haven't heard anything like talked about um, by like musicians and, and band members about it. But, uh, and I don't even know if Drake has came out and said anything about it. It's just like, it's a really weird thing that people are making money. Just basically saying I'm you, you know? Mm. Yeah weird interesting yeah. on the other hand you have grimes comes out and says um use my stuff let's split it 50 50 go ahead and make, <clears throat> make something interesting make something cool is that in the rolling stone article is that in the rolling stone article that you were that's in the rolling stone they talk about it in uh in huh. the rolling stone podcast yeah hmm. that's for sure that's very interesting i mean she's doing nothing and getting paid for it. So I can see the, how she would be intrigued by it, you know, but I I don't know. I just, to me, like the, the most fun part about being a musician to me is the creation aspect. Like I, I just love like creating my own thing in the arts, you know, Um, drawing, singing acting anything like that um i uh, taking pictures even i i just like there's a creativity in it that makes it your own and now it's like these ais are basically taking your music catalog and saying oh okay so like you know, this artist talks about these certain things. So let's talk about these certain things. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's stealing an identity almost. It's, it's really weird. Wow. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because it reminds me sort of, again, it's the next level, but, and other bands have done this before, but I think of the one example is I think it was year zero that Trent Reznor nine inch nails released and they just released the bed tracks and went, okay, knock yourself out. And some of the remixes are absolutely phenomenal. So again, right. in that case, Trent went, here's my IP. Go go to town with it. Because I remember Capital G, there was the song Capital G, which was quite heavy. And then somebody did this huge brass version of it. Right. And it was so cool and so different. But again, Trent went, here it is. Knock yourself out. Whereas, you know, just to be able to take the technology and do that is uh it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes and i mean we're just we're just at the beginning of what this can do and what people will be able to achieve with it i mean like that 
like remixing i feel would would still be different because you're yeah. you're taking you're taking what the artist created and then you're just putting a, your own unique spin on it which that's intriguing for artists because you know um let's say nine inch nails they're like very like this industrial metal sort of sound they can have somebody remix their song into um like an ed like a full edm track mm-hmm. edm is such a huge community and they are basically getting into that community by somebody remixing what they have created already yeah so yeah i think that it's it's different than that like ais are literally like just ripping you off creating something new but it sounds like you and it it's like emulating your voice and like your rhythmic patterns and your flows and stuff i don't know it's it's crazy man i can't even believe that it's a thing to be honest (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's pretty wild so want to get talk about the band i mean here we are talking about yeah um but so so judgment really keen to to know like from from you know your your history as a as a whether a young kid a, a teenager whenever like how did how did you get into music what was sort of that aha moment that you thought man i can do this or i want to do it man you know um i knew from like kindergarten that i wanted to be a rock star that's like what i said to my teachers um when they said what do you want to be when you're older i said a rock star there was like countless um projects that we'd have to do based off of what you want to be when you're older and they would tell me you know you okay that's that's cool but you have to pick like you know a realistic career and i i just (laughs) wouldn't or a firefighter or right right and i just i wouldn't steer off of being a rock star i just I think that from a very young age, like music was introduced to me through like my parents and um, music was always being played around the house, um, in the car. My parents were always singing. Um, and what then bands I were they kind listening of... to? What, what music were they listening to at home? And in the oh, car? man. Back then, um, a lot of oldies, a lot of oldies, classic rock. Um, my mom was a big Shania Twain fan. Um, so I know, uh, you know, a good amount of Shania Twain songs. <laughs> um, and then I can a little see bit, the influence. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit later, um, my dad started getting into like heavier bands. Like it started off not like super crazy, but like Three Days Grace, Breaking Benjamin, Godsmack. Um, and then it ventured into like Slipknot. And that's when I was like, okay, this is something that I can see myself doing. Wow. Um, at the time, I didn't know how to scream or anything like that, right? But um, Slipknot is such an interesting band, you know? Like there's what, like 13, 14 members? Like mm-hmm. half of them are just banging a metal barrel with a bat and like making this unique sound that nobody ever heard at that time it was like bringing like new metal and clashing it with death metal almost and it was something special and i think a lot of people resonated with that as well um but basically when i heard slipknot i was like okay i i like heavy music and then that's when i kind of branched off into my own sort of music catalog like Mm -hmm. not my parents anymore and i got into uh a lot of like the earlier sort of scene emo post-hardcore sort of vibes um i really liked asking alexandria back Mm -hmm. in the day um three days grace is still like one of my favorite bands even today um there was of mice and men i was really into them um there was a a german band called 
we butter the bread with butter and uh they are insane it's Love like it's it's crazy um i hate it now like i listen to it, i'm like how what did i like about this music <laughs> but i think it was just so like it was so foreign sounding to me like huh. this these like heavy instruments and then you know they were being clashed with a lot of like synths and keys and back then like it wasn't very common so i was like wow this is interesting and now fast forward to today like a lot of those same things are being used in hardcore deathcore post hardcore metalcore all that electronic core i yeah. mean, honestly like i i yeah i'm um I mean, you you know that you know Brian and I and our family go to a number of post hardcore shows. I just right. electronic core. I've never, I've never. I need to explore that. I, yeah. Wow. Okay. I've just, That's I just great. looked up uh, WBTBWB. Apparently, they go by as well, which I didn't. There you go. We right. Butter our <laughs> bread with butter. I got to check them yeah. out. That's awesome. You definitely do. It's uh, it's very interesting music, and it's not like it's German. They don't. They're not speaking English, so you you don't even know what the hell's going on. It's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you can you talk about um, speaking of like sort of post hardcore scene? Can you talk about the importance of and not just for yourself, but just you know the genre? Um, Canadian post hardcore bands like Alexis on Fire. You know mm. what I mean? Like like the 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 the, the importance of how they sort of forge that Canadian, it almost a Canadian soundish to it, but like, you know what I mean? Like, right. a, can you talk, share a bit about that? I mean, yeah, like I think it's important um, just Canadian music in, in general, but to have like um, these like super great role models in my sort of alleyway and my genre of music is, it's really inspiring, you know, because you see a lot of bands in the States um, getting big and there's like, you know, that's not the case with Canadian bands, I would say, especially in like these heavier sort of genres. But Alexis on Fire, they are, uh, they're one of my favorite bands. And it's it's incredible what they've accomplished. Um, they've been doing it for a long time. But the longevity that they've had as well, um, they didn't put out music for a very long time. Um, you know, uh, before this, um, their their most recent record, I think it was like 13 years or something. Mm -hmm. But they were still touring the world, you know. Um, so I think it's it, it's really cool to see Canadian bands like music become big in other parts of the world too. Mm -hmm. um, Canada's not, we're not known for our heavy music, you know? Um, we're known for a lot of like country artists, um, a lot of like, there, there's a lot more like rock artists, like radio rock artists coming out of Canada. Um, but we're not super known for the the heavier stuff. And so being in a market like this, it's it's really cool to kind of see bands venture out and, you know, go on tour in the UK, go on tour in Europe, uh, Australia, like even our Spotify numbers. Canada is, I think, the third country um, on our top listen to list. And huh. it just shows you like we're from here, you know, but these people in you know, places like Europe and UK and stuff, they love this type of music. They have massive festivals there. Canada, like, doesn't have any really, um, you know, heavier festivals anymore. It's all, they're all in the States. So it's getting harder to kind of build um, a foundation in Canada. But to see bands like Alexis on Fire or Silverstein, um kind of doing it and like doing it well it just gives you kind of hope to be like okay i just got to keep pushing and you know get out of canada right mm -hmm. that's the goal yeah. it's it's is funny that what because you guys are doing again, with judgment 
Sorry, guys. Go ahead. Is that what you guys are looking to do with Judgment? You guys are looking to get out of town? I mean, ideally, yeah. Like, it it all just comes down to, like, who is listening to our music Mm. the most, right? Um, Right now, we're fully independent. Um, Everything that we've done thus far has been through us and our efforts and um, our connections and stuff like that. Um, And there are, you know... there is demand for judgment outside of Canada, but you got to get your visas. You got to, you know, create a, a fan base, but not only that, like build relationships with bands that are not from here. Um, so they can kind of, you know, you can work together basically and, uh, you know, have a good show. Is it worth it to buy visas, which are like roughly a thousand dollars a band member? to go really? into the states for you know whoever knows how long let's say two weeks right if you don't go back to the states um your visa expires in 30 days so basically you need to keep going back into the states every 30 days or else your visa's gone and you have to pay for it again like it's it's rough it's rough oh, this is interesting i never knew about this and this the visa allows you i'm assuming to get paid for work exactly you're not just going over with your passport with a, a truck full of amps and guitars yeah like that's it's illegal to do that i mean there's probably some bands that do it and they would just risk it but um you know that's not really something that we're about doing um that can literally like ruin um you ever going back into the states you know, just because you tried to make a couple hundred bucks at a show in Buffalo. You know what I mean? Wow. It's not worth it. That's really interesting. So is there now I'm assuming you guys are independent because you guys are relatively new. Um, but is is there a desire in an effort to help with some of these costs, like Visa maybe or connections with, with gigs south of the border or even in Europe? to want to get signed by a label or hook up with a label that can help support that. I mean, definitely there is, um, the way if you can do it on your own, then that's the best way for you to make the most amount of money for your band. Um, it's a lot harder that way because you have to do a lot of the, you know, the hard labor stuff yourself, but the payoff is really good. Um, so if, if we were to get signed to a label, you know, hypothetically, there's always a contract involved and, and then we would be giving them a percentage of our earnings across the board. Yeah. Um, but in return, they, you know, were a part of their label where they now push our music. They now get it in front of people. They now book us shows and they put us on, you know, bigger bills on, you know, bills with bands that are a part of their label that are bigger because ultimately they want those bigger artists to help the smaller artists to get their revenue up because in turn it it uh makes them more money right um so there's uh there's different ways of going about it ideally for me personally i would like to do it all on our own um but if if the deal's right, you can't say no. You know what I mean? Mm. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, uh, speaking of, of producing music, uh, I know you guys worked with Wade McNeil from Alexis on, me, Alexis on Fire. Yeah. Um, how, how was that, man? That was like, you, you talked about them, you know, being one of your favorite bands and then there you are working with Wade. And... Dude, it was... Uh... It was actually like one of the highlights of my whole life. Like it was insane to work with like somebody that you idolize like that, um, who helped you create music essentially and like get into this industry. Alexa on Fire, like I said before, they're they're literally my favorite band of all time, regardless of you know if they're from Canada or if they were from Canada or not. They're still my favorite band. So 
I mean, um, we we had messaged Julius Buddy, who produced um, basically all of Alexis's stuff up until Old Crow's Young Cardinals. Um, we just shot him a message. We we found out that he produces out of Hamilton, which is like I'm from Oshawa, so it's you know roughly like a hour forty five two hour drive. And it took him a while, but he hit us back up and he was like, you know, I, I like what I'm hearing. Um, you know, I would like for you guys to come down to my house and take a look at the studio and, and come meet me. Um, we're like, sure. okay, sounds good. We went down there. Um, this was like years back now, like huh. maybe four years ago, three or four years ago. And it was like the weirdest interaction because we were kind of like, this is so cool, but like, we don't really understand why we're here yet, you know? And he was just oh. basically just, uh, Julius is a very stoic guy. He's, he's very like laid back. Doesn't, he's a man of few words, but um, they're, they're all very wise words. So basically he was just sitting there listening to us talk about, our drive and our passion for music and what we wanted to do with him and where we wanted to go. And he was asking questions, but they were very spread out and he listened to our answers and he was basically like, you know, I like you guys and I'm, I'm down to work with you guys. Um, before that, before we actually worked with him, he had invited us up to, a couple different uh like get togethers that he was having like industry people and stuff like that um for those like three years basically oh and it was like maybe once or twice a year we would go up there and see him and and that alone like grew our relationship with him um and he's like now like a i would consider him a friend and i'm i'm sure he would probably consider me a friend as well um you know i I text him, like, just say, hey, how's it going? Give him a call once in a while, you know? It's very, it's a cool relationship. Um, so when we were about to go into the studio to record our single Crashing Down, um, he had said, Wade is interested in starting to produce. Do you guys mind if he co-produces the song? <laughs> we're like, <laughs> what? Like, of course. What do you mean? Of course. So the whole like getting there and seeing him, it was just surreal. Um, I probably looked like a, like just an idiot because I was just like so <laughs> stunned. And I was like, I turned the corner and he was right there and he stuck his hand out and then his like raspy voice. Like, hey, I'm Wade. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I know who you are. Man. <laughs> um, that that first interaction was was interesting um when i get nervous i talk a lot and <laughs> i went out for a smoke and then the the other guys came out and they were like you're uh you're pretty nervous eh i'm like can you tell they're like yeah you won't <laughs> stop talking man <laughs> i can't help it so but now uh we just recorded um our new single faceless which will be out um by the time this podcast comes out um probably weeks, it was probably probably weeks before if, if okay it, according to so it'll be out for for a little no, bit i'm just i'm it, anyway sorry go ahead <laughs> yeah yeah it's okay um it was a totally different experience because it was almost like we had already built like we started building a relationship with him um prior and this time it was just like you walk in hey boys how's it going like hugs you know what i mean and it's just like holy <laughs> shit i'm hugging like can i swear on here yeah holy shit i'm hugging like <laughs> one of my like favorite guitarists that walks the earth and it's just uh that second time was like not as like crazy in my mind but there were spurts and moments that were like wow man i can't believe that i'm Hate doing yourself. this this is so yeah. crazy yeah that's very cool. Um, speaking of crashing down, I wanted to talk about because you guys, you guys put a lot of effort into your videos, uh, the good quality, like the, if, you know what I mean, like they're, they're 
very well produced. Are you producing them yourself, like as an independent band? Yeah, some really great quality content there. Appreciate it. Um, so basically, a lot of the times, uh, I'll have like because I, I write the lyrics to our song, so I already have like kind of an idea of what a music video would look like, mm. but um, I I can't take all the credit. The uh, our um, I guess um director um rob spatafora and he shoots all of our stuff um all of our music videos that we've ever put out has been um uh shot by him and basically i like i i tell him our vision and what we want and he writes it all down and he says okay i i have a lot of ideas you know we can do this we can do that and basically the whole time the the video is being shot me and robert together like what do you think of this what do you think of that we're just like playing off of each other and it's 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 a really cool working relationship that that i have with him um but he is so incredibly talented um he he was in a band prior to uh kind of devoting his life to videography and that's the first time we met him. Um, so after that, it was like years after we we heard that he was shooting music videos, and um, we hit him up, and he came down. He lives in like Burlington area, so he came down and shot our first video, Terra Firma, and it we loved it. Like we loved every second of it. We loved working with them. Um, we get along with them really well. It's almost like we have this relationship like we've known him forever. Um, but you know, it's only been a couple of years and we just get along super well, which, which makes the process even better. Um, but he is like so talented at what he does, man. So, uh, spad productions is his production agency Robert Roberto Spadafora is his name. Good. Nice. Really good guy. Nice. That's really cool. So 2018, you guys win Oshawa's Emerging Artist Award. Right. A um, couple of years later, the world shuts down. Mm. No one's touring. Everyone's staying inside. Uh, for for a young band, did you think, ah, shit, I got to figure something else to do? Or uh, maybe there'll be another band in a couple of years. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't think this was going to last, you know, two, yeah. three years what's what's going through your head so the time we won um best emerging artists we were formally called poor judgment and we made pop punk music um okay. so right before I, I guess it was like late 2019 or like mid 2019 we had this idea of like rebranding everything changing our name to just judgment making heavier music um just rebranding the whole entire band we we had just uh got out of the studio with producer named sam goyana who produced our whole um ep called the final life and we said you know i think this would be good like we're switching genres so i think it's only fitting if we change the name and we were always getting these um these remarks when people would find out our, our band names, poor judgment, they would say, Oh, you know, I made poor judgment back in my day, like so many times. And though it's true, you know, people make these poor judgments. Judgment to us had always meant like, we are poorly judged. You know what I mean? Like Mm. in society, everybody judges. It's a natural thing that people do. You look at something and you judge it. Um, it doesn't matter if you are the best person in the world or the worst. You're, there is one thing in common and it is that you judge something or someone the very first time you see it. And I always felt like I was judged poorly when mm. people first meet me. Um, you know, I... I'm a bigger guy. I got a neck tattoo and a beard. Like a lot of people think that I'm scary or I'm going to be an asshole the first time they meet me. And then when I meet them, I'm talking, 
you know, how I've been talking to you guys. And they're like, wow, you're, you know, you're so well-spoken and I thought you were going to be a dick. And I'm like, well, that's why the band name is judgment. So basically we dropped the poor and kept the judgment because I felt like that just embodied kind of like our, like the meaning behind it a little bit more. Um, so we, we had no idea that the world was going to shut down. So in at the very end of 2019, we yeah. said, we are judgment and we got new music for you. And we're so excited for you guys to hear it. Um, March rolls around, which is when we were going to drop our first single and everything shuts down. And um, wow. it was it was really difficult at first to kind of navigate like how to be a band in a world that's shut down where you can't play shows. Um, you don't know kind of like when everything's going to open back up and and all this stuff. And we had just like gotten out of the studio. We made this record. We changed our name and it just felt like what the heck is going on now? Like. How are we supposed to like smoothly transition when we have this big roadblock in front of us now? Yeah. Um, it was difficult, but the, and there was definitely ups and downs um, throughout it. Um, you know, mental health issues and whatnot. Um, there was times where I thought, man, is like, when is this going to be done? And is this even what I want to do. Like I wanted to play music my whole life and now things are so different. You know, how much is this going to change the music industry? And do I even want to be a part of it anymore? Huh. Um, there were times where I think we all kind of thought that in, in this band, but we kind of helped each other up like every single time one of mm. us was kind of heading down that road um we would pick them up and dust them off and say listen just you chill for a bit we'll kind of take over we'll pick up the slack and you know when you're ready kind of come back in here and and start working so usually when you when you release music the first thing you want to do is go on a tour and you know show people your music and we had a fresh catalog of music right this is like we're part of a different band basically a different entity so we had to go about it a different way and we just went online and we started learning all of these different skills um like video editing we bought cameras we started shooting our own youtube videos we started a podcast back in the day uh, where that's long gone now but um <laughs> at that time it was it was great because it kept us you know connected involved with the band you know we were still meeting people at that time it wasn't like completely shut down and then kind of when the 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 six foot rule kind of rolled around we were like okay we can't have people at my house anymore we got to do it online and it just like wasn't wasn't vibing for what we were personally doing and so we stopped that but we continued in different ways to like push our band forward um but i i still remember our first show back it was an outdoor show in oshawa um and it was like it just kind of made everything worth it and it, it, we learned all these skills that we probably would have never learned if that whole thing didn't happen and wow. we got way more educated on like how to like market your music and how to promote your music online and how important it really is. So there was a, a video I made. This was not that long ago. This was when crashing down had happened. But again, like these are all skills that I learned throughout the pandemic and like talking to the camera, being comfortable talking to myself you know um and 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 scrolling through instagram and TikTok and finding out like what what is clicking for people 
that is making them stop and watch a video. So I made this video. Um, on, and I put it on TikTok and it got like 20,000 views in like a couple of days. And I was like, okay, like this is, this is cool. And all of a sudden we start seeing the follower count go up and on my TikTok. And then it was even affecting our, our music streams and, and our Instagram following. And I was like, okay, like I might as well post this on Instagram. Now I posted it on Instagram and it took off like it went i don't know if it went viral but it went semi-viral it's got like two hundred fifty thousand views on it mm. and like i think like over thirty thousand likes um but that video like took our song and our following on instagram and it just went like skyrocketed we went from four thousand followers in november to almost 14,000 followers today. And I mean, we we did a lot of stuff in between that time, but I think that video was like a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was clicking for people. And not only like, wow, this is a cool video, but wow, I want to save this video. Wow, I want to like this video. I want to comment on this video. I want to show my friends. I want to look at their music up on Spotify. And our, our numbers just went up. So in this weird way, I got to thank COVID for like teaching me like these, these weird mm-hmm. skills that I would have never learned if it didn't happen. Wow. That's, 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 that's fascinating. It's fantastic. It's great to hear. Um, because again, we've talked with a number of musicians over, over the last number of years, because we launched right before COVID as well. Right. This, this podcast, yeah. Welcome to Music. Uh, we had a couple of shows at Radical Road, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yay, we're doing it from home. Um, one of the things you touched on earlier, um, or just, just a bit ago, was around you know COVID mental health. And I know for you guys, you know, supporting and talking about and you know singing about mental health and you know suicide is important for you guys. Can you get, talk about why it's so important for you and for the band? For sure. Um, so when I was in high school, I was like, I used to have like really bad stage fright, like super bad where I was like, I don't even know if I want to, I don't even know if I can be a rock star anymore, you know? Um, so at that time I was kind of like looking into other career paths and whatnot in grade 12, I I went into like an anthro psych and soch class mm-hmm. and it, it really intrigued me. And I've always had this, this thing where people like to talk to me about their issues and hear my advice and whatnot. Um, and in that class, I was like, wow, like this is so interesting and I really enjoy helping people maybe I can be like a therapist or something or like a counselor, something along those lines. Um, I was not good in school. I skipped a lot of classes. I smoked a lot of weed. Um, And my mom got, you know, was not a fan. (laughs) That's your mom who's there? (laughs) Yeah. My mom uh, was not a fan. Is mom a fan now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, But I remember... (laughs) So I, I didn't graduate and I went back for, I called it a victory lap, but it wasn't a victory lap. I went back because I needed to, to get credits to finish school. But at that time I was 18 years old, so I could sign myself out. So my mom would, well, actually at that time I was driving, but I would go to school and I know what time my mom leaves for work. So I would just (laughs) sign myself out as soon as I got to school and then go back home and there was a couple times where she came home for lunch or like forgot something or whatever. And she would see me there and be like, what the, what are you doing here? And I'm like, Oh, I wasn't feeling well or whatever. And da, 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 da. she's noticed that she wasn't getting calls. Like the school wasn't calling her because I'm signing myself out. I'm old enough. So, so one day she came into the basement and she's like, okay, what's going on? And I'm like, I hate school. Like I can't do this. I just want to work. Okay. I, I, I can't do this. 
and she saw like how depressed I was. Like it was really affecting my life. Oh, wow. Like it was, it was bad. And she said, if you don't want to go to school, then you better get a job, a full-time job right now. So I did. And she let me drop out and it was the best decision I ever made. Cause I, I feel like I made way more progress and learned way more um, working at such a young age. I started working at like 17 or 18 uh, full time to now still in the same sort of industry. Um, but what I'm getting at is at that time where I thought that I wanted to be like a counselor or just help people in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I started getting back into music. We started our band um, shortly after high school and I was like, this is the best of both worlds. I can write and help people with my lyrics and, and my music while I, while still creating music, you know? So I was like, this is like the, the perfect sort of scenario. And, you know, uh, when I, when I first started writing music, I was very young. I think I wrote my first song by myself when I was in grade four. And it was like a breakup song. And every I, song after four. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every song that I wrote was like a breakup F, song. Who did you break yeah. up with? Like your teacher? Like who were you breaking up with? <laughs> Dude, I was a player back in the day, man. Back in elementary school. Jeez, man. Oh, and it was because I played guitar, I think, probably. Ah, sure. Because um, I did talent shows back then, even though I had like mad stage fright yeah it wasn't until like grade seven and eight where i was like this is like really affecting me and i couldn't like i i would sign up for the talent show i'd move on and then i would like go like be about to go up and i would start crying and i'm like nope i'm not i'm not even going up and they're like you have to go up i'm like nope i don't have to go up wow i'm not going up and then yeah so after that it was it was rough but basically when I made this decision, I like had a conversation with myself and I was like, if you want to do this, you can't have stage fright. You got to face your fears and you got to do it. So I did. I just like from then on, I just said, fuck it. And I, that's what I did. Um, was it a little bit challenging at first? Yeah, it definitely was. But you know, after a year of like playing shows, you're just like, it's like normal. And then yeah. that that fear and anxiety, the stage fright that you get, it's it's really what it is, is adrenaline. And you're like, for at least for me, and I channel that uh, on stage. And being in a, a band that plays heavier music, I can go wild on stage. Like if you if you were to see me on stage, which um, you have, but. I think you did you did you come to one of our shows before? I yeah. haven't yet. I no, I haven't yet. Oh no, it was uh, we were at the the uh, Elmo. We I think that's where I Elmo, saw you. Right we here. were watching yeah. a band together. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. So and you were so quiet, like yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like and then I hear the music. I go what? <laughs> yeah, and that it like it throws people off for sure. But yeah, man, I uh, that's just yeah. It, it was a wild journey. But yeah. here I am, and uh, awesome, I can man. I can kind of take out the the anxiety on stage. Like I, I I'm like a different person on stage. Yeah, like I sure. I roll around, I jump on people, I go into the crowd, and I'm like m like in the mosh pit. Like I I go insane because a lot of my favorite frontmen do the same thing, and and it just like makes the show so much better as an audience member. Yeah, and that's what I try to do is like make you as an audience member a part of judgment for the half hour hour set that we have that is nice. awesome nice. i just realized that faceless is a breakup song yeah so so faceless <laughs> i mean if you want to get into that uh yeah, yeah. It, it actually was like somewhat of a of a breakup song but it wasn't my personal breakup song um I have this thing where I think I'm like, I'm a very empathetic person. And I think that like causes me to like, um, be pretty good at like putting myself in other people's positions. Um, so that song is actually about my parents divorce. 
um, they split up when I was like 12 years old. Um, and they were together for like over 20 years. So being 12 years old and seeing your parents like split up, it's like, it's a weird kind of age because you're old enough to like have seen them happy for a lot of your life. And then it switches and, you know, their divorce was not the greatest. Um, so then you, you see like a totally different change in both of your parents. And now, you know, it happened when I was 12, I'm going to be 26. And I mean, maybe when this comes out, May 18th is when I turned 26, but, um, did he pay you $5 to say that by the way? Okay. Carry on. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Get, get my guitar. And we'll sing happy birthday to you after this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but fast forward to like, so, you know, much far, so much farther into the future. And, they see each other um, and they just pass by like they're strangers. And I had this conversation with my mom. Like I, it's so weird. Like she said, it's so weird that I spent so much of my life with him. But now when I see him, it's like, he's like just a stranger. And I was like, that's a, that's a cool, it's a cool idea for a song. So that's what faceless is about is just about, being with somebody being so close with somebody um, where they know you like so well, maybe even better than you know yourself, but then it's over and it's almost like that person doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't know that person anymore and they become faceless. And that's what the song is about.
that is a great song. Thank you, um, man. Yeah, you're welcome. And Ev, so, Ev, listen. Um, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, Thank you, guys. I, I had lots of fun too. Like it was awesome. You're an amazing guest. Thank you. Uh, I can imagine, like, 15 years from now, you've got like a, a bunch of tours behind you. You've got uh, a bunch of award-winning songs and albums. Um, and this almost one hour that we've been speaking could last for hours on end. Uh, for sure. Thanks so much for sharing. You're a great storyteller. You're, you're a great guest. Mm -hmm. um, last question for you. What's, what's next for the band Judgment? Uh, and any, any tours coming up? Um, I, I know there's probably a birthday concert maybe you're playing i don't know um but yeah <laughs> where, where, where can fans see you and so i mean we're playing shows all over ontario um uh, we we've kind of talked because that, there was a little bit of talk about going out west this year but i think that uh next year will probably be the year um we, we need money for like a, a van so that's kind of yeah. the focus right now so that we can actually go to BC and back and be able to sleep in, you know, uh, like a short bus even, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But basically what's next for Judgment is like we we want to release songs very frequently. So our goal with, you know, for this foreseeable future is to release a song every three to four months. Um, so that will be happening. Um, like I said, we play shows left, right, and center. Um, off the top of my head, this is going to drop in a couple weeks. So I, it should drop before May 21st, probably. That's our yeah. show in Barrie um with a, a really cool band called nightwell and some other special guests uh and that's a house show which they're always super fun to play um then we are at the biltmore in oshawa june 17th um hometown shows they are always wild if you guys can make it to that one like you you guys will have a time everybody shows up and shows out man it's it's like it's so electric it's insane um we have we're we're part of uh canadian music week this year All right. which is really cool um our show the dates are being switched around a little bit but i think that's june 6th it's a tuesday at um at the horseshoe tavern All which right historic venue toronto yeah, yeah. great mm -hmm. uh great venue but uh that's just a showcase so it's a totally free show anybody's like welcome to come through and um you know check us out support us in any way um there's definitely going to be more shows down the pipeline if you guys are interested give us a follow at judgment ca on all of our social media handles um our judgment ca um that uh, is where you will find out where we are playing and if you can come uh we also have a website which is www.judgmentband.com .ca .ca um <laughs> i think we do own do you own both. .com as well <laughs> yeah i think we do own both it just kind of goes to .ca you're right yes yes um, and oh there you can you can find out more about our band. Um, there's also we have um, our merchandise on there, shirts, sweaters, whatever. Um, if you want to support in any way, the I always say this on stage: the if you want to support any bands, um, the number one way to support them is through merch because majority of bands get 100% of the the money that they they get from merch. So. If you enjoy any band that you're seeing, buy some of their merch. Um, awesome. Again, thank you guys. I really appreciate uh, your time and having me on here. It's been a great talk. I really enjoyed myself, and we definitely have to do this again.
Ev, looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time. For sure. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Ev. Cheers. Bye.